0: This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals only. Welcome to the third series of the Diabetes Knowledge and Practice podcast, bringing you news, views, and updates in diabetes care. Today's episode is supported by an educational grant from Eli Lilly, Merck Sharp and Dome Corp, and Novo Nordisk AS, who have had no influence on the content or the choice of faculty. I'm Emma, and joining me today is my new co-host, Liam.
1: Hi, everybody. To kick off our third season, we're exploring best practice approaches in empowering patients in the management of type 2 diabetes, beginning with the very first discussion following diagnosis. Emma and I will introduce some of the newer guideline recommendations related to these initial meetings before joining Dr. John Buse, Professor of Medicine at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine and author of the ADA and EASD guidelines for his advice on how to implement these recommendations in practice.
0: Dr. Buse's disclosures and all the references discussed during the session today are available in the episode notes. In addition, if you're already familiar with this topic, do feel free to skip ahead to the interview in around five minutes' time.
1: An important aspect of successful diabetes management is an early and rapid reduction in HbA1c levels. As summarised by Cunty and colleagues in 2019, multiple lines of evidence suggest that early glycemic control leads to better outcomes... And a study by Sanjoy Paul et al demonstrated that even a one-year delay in treatment intensification can significantly increase the risk of cardiovascular events. For this reason, the first appointment with a newly diagnosed patient, when the clinician and patient develop their initial management plan, is pivotal.
0: Another important factor for successful diabetes management is the use of a patient-centred approach, one that involves providing care that's guided by individual patient preferences, needs and values. The importance of this approach was emphasised in the 2018 consensus report and recommendations from the ADA and EASD. This position statement moved away from generalised treatment targets and towards more individualised glycemic goals based on patient preferences, as well as on clinical characteristics, comorbidities and the risk of adverse medication effects.
1: So with a patient-centred approach in mind, in the first appointment with a newly diagnosed patient, clinicians should aim to understand the patient's values and preferences and to inform and empower the patient as much as possible to make their own decisions. The end result of the appointment should be the co-development of an initial management plan that helps the patient take rapid control of their own glucose levels.
0: A good technique for setting effective goals and targets in the patient's management plan is using the acronym SMART, S-M-A-R-T, which stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Realistic and Time-based. An example SMART goal might be to achieve a personalised, specific glycemic target within three months, where the target is achievable and realistic for the patient. Setting short timeframes is also important for achieving the necessary rapid reduction in glycemia.
1: Finally, another recommendation from ADA and EASD was published in their 2019 update to the consensus report. Although they had previously stated that the evidence for combination therapy in type 2 diabetes was limited, the new recommendation now suggests that clinicians engage in shared decision-making around initial combination therapy in new onset cases. This is based on evidence from the VERIFY trial, which compared early combination therapy with Vildagliptin and metformin to sequential metformin monotherapy in newly diagnosed type 2 diabetes patients. In the trial, a significant reduction in the relative risk for time to initial treatment failure was observed in the early combination treatment group compared with the monotherapy group over the five-year study duration with a hazard ratio of 0.51 and a p-value of less than 0.0001.
0: So it's clear that the first appointment with newly diagnosed patients is important, and following the guidance around patient-centred decision-making, which may include the consideration of combination therapy, should help clinicians and patients to achieve the benefits associated with early glycemic control. However, there remains a lot of unanswered questions, For example, how can these discussions be tailored to different patients who may have differing levels of comfort in contributing to their own management decisions? And what factors should be included in discussions around combination therapy versus monotherapy? To help us answer these questions today, we're joined by Dr. John Buse, Professor of Medicine at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine and co-author of the ADA and EASD Guidelines. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Buse. So first question, when you're discussing an initial diagnosis and what it means, how do you make it clear that it requires lifelong management, but without creating undue stress or panic? Uh,
2: that's an excellent question. I, I think the most important uh, thing that I try and communicate with a new patient um, at the uh, initial visit or initial diagnosis with uh, with diabetes is that um, diabetes... Is a chronic condition. Um, what we're aiming for is not necessarily a cure, um, though we can always hope for that and um, and work towards that. But to ensure that people can live out a normal lifespan without disabling complications. And whereas 20 or 30 years ago, I thought I think that was very challenging to accomplish. I think today, it's completely within the scope of expectations uh, for uh, for patients. And so I, I do think that is the single most important um, message to get across. That for a patient with diabetes diagnosed uh, in the year 2021, their expectation should be to live out a completely normal lifespan without disabling complications. Through, the ma- through management with uh, lifestyle, monitoring, uh, medications, um, and uh, screening for uh, early complications for intervention to prevent their progression.
0: Thank you. And how do you implement a patient-centered approach in your first meeting with a newly diagnosed patient? And how might you adapt your approach for different patients?
2: Yeah. So... At each step of the management process, um, there's a, a general approach of establishing what the goals are uh, through basically negotiation with patients. Um, and um, I think the, the way I tend to approach that um, is by uh, starting by asking them a question, um, how many people's diabetes Uh, have I really managed? Um, And, you know, often a patient will say, oh, you must have managed thousands of people with diabetes. And I tell them, you know, frankly, I don't manage diabetes. I only help people with diabetes learn how to manage the disease themselves. So I'm like a coach. Um, um, And just like a a coach might do for an athlete uh, or for a musician um, or for a uh, an artist um, or an actor it's a ma- it's a matter of very open and honest discussion uh with the patient uh regarding what their goals are um, and um, of the options that we have available to us at a given point in time uh you know what seems attractive to them what 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 seems problematic to them uh the most important aspect of the relationship is very Open and honest discussion. Um, so every patient ends up being sort of a different journey, um, and it's a matter of finding out what's most important to the patient, what are they inclined to do, um, what are things that uh, that that they understand about diabetes that's disturbing to them or uh, or worrisome to them. Um, often that requires uh, a very quick way of going over options uh, at an early visit, um, so that patients understand um, the important role of, uh, of lifestyle management, uh, restricting calories as being part of that, changing the distribution of uh, of foods, you know, carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, uh, as another kind of technique. Um, the value of physical activity um um in diabetes management the value of monitoring some people absolutely have to monitor their blood sugars and others may really find that a burden and uh, i think there's ways around that um, as well and then understanding the the drug therapy choices and the advantages and disadvantages so developing a a, a stick to be able to present those options to a patient uh, relatively quickly over a period of uh, five to 10 minutes, um, just to start understanding where in the landscape the the patient is with regards to the direction that they'd like to pursue um, is is probably the most important skill to develop as a, a diabetes care practitioner.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. And moving on to the next question, what evidence and factors do you include in discussions around the possible use of combination versus single agent therapy for newly diagnosed patients?
2: Yeah, this is a very important question. Um, you know, I have a personal bias, which I try not to, you know, to burden patients with too much. Um, I think it basically boils down to uh, do people feel comfortable taking two chemical entities at the same time, recognizing that they could have an adverse effect, uh, 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 effect of either one of the agents? So it kind of doubles the chance that they would have a side effect um, uh, versus the convenience of uh, having a single agent, which is actually... Um, Two agents in combination. Um, So uh, to be more explicit, for instance, a combination product of uh, 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 one of the more modern classes of drugs combined with metformin as an oral agent, um, or uh, insulin combined with a GLP-1 receptor agonist, the clear advantage is by using lower uh, doses of each component of the combination, the individual adverse effect that you might experience from either one singly um, is reduced and sometimes uh, the, the two agents sort of uh, synergize in a way and um, we often end up with a greater overall glycemic control. So I, I find that patients, um, you know, sort of split into two camps in that regard. Um, And um, it's just a matter of presenting uh, the options to them. Um, So very specifically, uh, what I might uh, tell uh, patients is that the the big advantage of using the combination therapy is that they're quite likely to be able to get to the level of glycemic control that we seek uh, with this single agent as we increase the dose uh, over time. Uh, as opposed to going uh, with, um, you know, one medicinal compound uh, followed by another medicinal compound. On the other hand, if they do have a allergy, uh, for instance, uh, itching, rash, that sort of thing, um, that uh, by having two um, two medications combined in the same product, uh, they may be more likely to have uh, an adverse effect. Um, and it's a matter of the patient selecting which uh, which approach to use. I, I I I think in many cases the uh, the pa- the patient comes back um, to the provider and says, hey, you know, uh, doc, it's really up to you. You're the one that has the experience here. And uh, the uh, the times when I will push patients towards the combination therapy is when they have had a great deal of reluctance about. Uh, starting any additional agent with the idea that that's a situation where you you may want to take your best shot, uh, recognizing that that may be the only shot that you get. Um, on the other hand, uh, if uh, patients are very adherent with their uh, with their therapy and are willing to explore uh, multiple possible uh, uh, drug therapies, i I think there is often an advantage to starting with one medicinal product with the idea that if you need additional uh, therapy, you can uh, always add it later.
0: Thank you. And final question for today. Do you have any other recommendations for clinicians when having these initial appointments with newly diagnosed patients?
2: You know, I I think that um, depends a great deal on what kind of, of focus the visit really has. I think in the endocrinologist in the specialty office um i think it is absolutely essential um to start the conversation with um trying to understand what the patient understands about diabetes you know where where did this disease come from what do they have as expectations with regards to um the 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 long-term course with it um you know what is their their uh Potentially lived experience with diabetes, you know that did um, did their parents have it Did their grandparents have it did friends have it um, You know, what are the biases that they have? Um, I, I think it's It's often underappreciated uh, How much fear and concern patients have? Uh, about uh, about diabetes and um, their potential course with it um, So clearing up any kind of misconceptions early I think can be uh, very very useful and then the second piece is to really find out what's their priority Um, so in many patients um um, minds the most important thing um, is dealing with the underlying problems of obesity uh overweight um what they view as a unhealthful lifestyle And for other patients, uh, they feel like they've done what they can with regards to lifestyle, and they're really looking uh, uh, for uh, advice with regards to medications, Um, or um, they have particular concerns about particular complications where they want the evaluation there. I think it's really important to engage people uh, or patients with the idea that, um, that you as a clinician are there to help them. Uh, that you're not going to allow them to get off track. Um, you're going to make sure that we comprehensively deal with diabetes together, but that you really are focused on addressing their concerns. I think in the primary care community, the uh, the issues are even more complicated because the primary care provider is used to dealing with all kinds of other issues with this uh, this individual patient often, and so. Um, you know, I think in the primary care setting, there's often quite a need to focus the discussion um, on the diabetes um, and what needs to be done uh, in that regard and to try and avoid uh, um, um, sort of meandering to other conditions that the clinician uh, has been involved in caring for the patient. Again, I think it's really important for the patient to always think that the, uh, that the provider is is listening, um, and so you know you can't. Uh, there, there are um, disadvantages to pushing patients around too much. Uh, but I think at the at the at the point of a new diagnosis of diabetes, um, it is really important to get patients focused on um, on initial steps in therapy. Now, obviously, that's not as big a deal if the patient's hemoglobin A1C is 7.5. Uh, Certainly, um, you could uh, divert to other issues, Uh, but often uh, if the patient's uh, A1C is higher and they're having symptoms related to their diabetes, um, there really is much more of a a need to focus. The big advantage to being an endocrinologist is that when patients come to see me, um, in fact, um, they know that the focus is on diabetes.
0: Wonderful. Thank you again for your time speaking with us today.
2: Thank you very much for, uh, for listening.
0: This brings us to the end of today's time. To summarise, initial discussions with the patient are paramount in newly diagnosed diabetes due to the increased risk of adverse outcomes without glycemic control. During these appointments, the person's individual goals and priorities should be discussed and their motivations and preferences considered when making decisions about a management plan.
1: Thanks for joining us. As a reminder, all references discussed in the episode are available in the description, and we'd love to hear from you on social media. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to this podcast on your favourite app, or recommend us to your colleagues. You can also access all of our free accredited CME content at knowledgeinpractice.eu, including interactive case studies and packages for small group learning.
0: Thanks again and we look forward to joining you again in the next episode when we'll be looking at managing diabetes during the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic.